It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. We are year-round because football never stops. Fantasy football never stops. We are presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Use that beautiful promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% sign-up welcome bonus. More, by the way, on betonline.ag in a few moments. But for right now, I need to introduce the star of the show, the one, the only Evan Silva, at Evan Silva on Twitter. He is... The Roto World Superstar, the best fantasy football analyst in the galaxy that I am aware of, helping you with your DFS plays in these weekend tournaments, which is really fun, and also just giving you the best background and, and, and every game and the best analysis on every game, period. You can hit me up as well at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram. Facebook is facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Obviously, the Twitter handle for all of our shows over at RT Media, RossTucker.com, is at RTF Podcast, which is short for Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Appreciate those of you that give those other shows a chance and listen to them. Uh, We love it. We try to provide you guys with as much quality, on-demand audio content as possible. Always good to talk with my buddy Dave Mason from BetOnline.ag. I always forget this, Dave. You're what, like the director of marketing or something? No, I, I'm that. That's way above my uh, pay grade. I'm, I, I, I'm uh, sportsbook uh, brand. You know, brand, I manage the sportsbook pretty much as, from the marketing standpoint. I. I work with the odds guys as well, so I wear a bunch of different hats. So uh, not director, though. Now that's that's way above my pay grade. Got it. Well, you're the director in my mind because the only person right. I've talked to over at <laughs> BetOnline.ag. So you are my director. And by the way, speaking of marketing, how about this? If you use if you sign up at BetOnline.ag for for an account using the promo code Big Game. You could win round trip flight, hotel, VIP tailgate party, and tickets to the big game for you and a guest in Atlanta. Very cool, once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, but it's only until the end of next week. It's only until the twenty eighth. So go to betonline.ag today for all the details. That's betonline.ag. Use promo code Big Game. So obviously, Dave, this is the fantasy podcast so we are mostly interested in player prop stuff so i guess first question was just what were some of the big player props in the divisional round and where'd the money go and how did it sort out right we did well i mean we did it well all right wildcard weekend we got crushed a bit on on the on the Regular standard odds and the props weren't the best, but uh, this past weekend props were really good for the house, as, as were the regular games. Um, some of the big decisions uh, for the house, uh, we won big on Lux 
uh, longest completion. The over-under was 40 and a half, and 93% of the action was on the over, and I believe 29 yards was his longest completion. Same for Mahomes, over 44 and a half for his longest completion. 75% of money was on the over, and his longest was 34. So two easy unders there. And, you know, it, it's funny. It's it's players like to bet the over. We know the players like to bet the over in game totals. And they do the same in props. I mean, all these big decisions here are, you know, uh, they, they bet over half an interception for Prescott. Ninety percent of the betters were on the over. He threw zero, so we win that. Um, and of course, the big winners were overs as well. That hit over a half interception for Rivers. Seventy-eight percent of the action was on the over. He had one uh, over seven and a half points for Kostkowski. He had 11. So the over covers there. 91% of the action was on the over. So it, 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 it's funny. You look at these props and you get a list and 80% of the time, betters are just betting those overs. So when they're like guys aren't hitting their stats, they're hitting their over unders and yards or touchdowns or, or passing yards, receiving yards, whatever. We're, we're usually happy from a prop standpoint. So that's, that's typically the case, Dave, that, regular season playoffs whatever that the public usually goes real hard on the overs on most of these and that uh the unders typically the way to go i wouldn't say typically the way to go this past weekend yes um but you know there were some overs that hit you know brady's passing yards etc uh so i wouldn't say it's all about the odds i mean you got to look at that juice too because the juice really doesn't stick around. You know, we try to keep it on at minus 110 each side. But, you know, if everybody's pounding that over and that juice starts going up, you might get a better um, value on that under because you might get that under, you know, 88.5 receiving yards for some player. But you might get the under at plus, you know, 120, 125 because everybody's betting that over. So you always got to look at that juice as well, not just the over under yard. Uh, but as well as the juice, uh, you, once that juice starts getting up too high, I mean, that that's where you find the values on that juice. Any other ones, Dave, from from the weekend? Any other any other prop bet notes? Yeah, well, sure. Uh, a popular one uh, coming off the wild card weekend and the uh, and Cody Parkey's uh, doink that I actually was a double doink. We we put up whether it be a doink this weekend. Will bar hit the uh, will ball hit the field goal or extra point at the crossbar uprights and that covered easily i mean we had the yes at plus 200 and a no at minus 300 that's for all the games and adam vinitieri hit the hit the uh yes real quick in that in that first game so we a lot of the betters were on the yes taking that plus 200 and that cash right away for him so that was a popular one we'll be doing that one again this weekend we'll we'll kick or hit the crossbar upright that's interesting um what are you, what are the uh, what are the limits on prop bets and how does it vary from you know the the win total I mean the season total uh, or the total for the game and the line? Right. Well, you know the total for the game and the, the spreads are, are a lot higher. I mean there there's just so much there's so much more solid of odds. Um, you know, especially on NFL, I mean the, the, those odds are so tight. There's so much more science that goes into them. It's easier to come up with those odds. And it, it, so it's harder to get beat. Um, so, you know, something for like a spread, you know, we go up to $25,000 and they can rebet that over and over again every 61 seconds or after every odds move, whichever comes first. So, you know, they can keep getting down $25,000 every minute if they want. Um, for, for props, you know, 
NFL game props will keep about a nickel, about 500. Again, they can rebet that every minute, every 61 seconds. For some of the more unique, exotic stuff, kind of like the doink stuff, we keep that even lower. I mean, it, props are tough, man. And we offer 20 cent juice on prop on a lot of our props too, which is which is uh, which is insane. That's about as low as you're going to get. Most shops will have 30 cent juice, or when I say 30 cent juice, like minus 115 each side, or even 40 cent juice minus 120 each side, which is bad for the player. We we put our props out there at minus at 20 cents minus 110 each side, so the the prop betters can really maximize their their wins and, and minimize their losses at Bet Online. So, um, on a percentage basis, how much more money is bet on, you know, the total or the line versus these props? Like, how oh, how, how small part of a business is it for you? Uh, take away the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is a whole different animal because we all know that Super Bowl props, you know, are just there's so many of them and it's so popular. Take away the Super Bowl, regular NFL Sunday, ooh, probably about. 10% of the actions on, on props more or less. They're a grind. I mean, they're, 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 they're important part of the business. Um, that, that in my, in my opinion, that's the toughest job. It, that's a much tougher job for these guys too. the guys moving the regular odds. Yeah. There's a lot more money on it. It's probably more important because they're managing a lot more money, but those, those, those props, man, and all that's the thing. All it takes is there's not nearly as much volume on them. So when you do to start taking some decent bets on them or to sharp start betting them, I mean, it's a lot harder to get buyback. You know, you move the odds, but it's a lot harder. So you have some pretty, a lot of, so much of that stuff is posted and you have some pretty big decisions on them, but overall volume. Yeah. It's nothing like the, the regular, you know, spread total money line parlay teasers. I'd say about 10 to 15% of the overall volume is, is, is on props. Now you talk about the Super Bowl, you're talking over 30%, 35%. It's only early Tuesday morning. When will you guys come out with your props for the conference championship games? Yeah, the standard game props, um, probably Thursday. When I'm talking game props, I'm talking not player props. They're a lot easier to do. You know, um, who scores first, first scoring play, touchdown field. Those those are easy. Those guys can do those pretty much blind um, with a blindfold. The player props, that takes a lot more crunching. Those are the ones, numbers crunching, that's the ones that the, you know, these, all these stat geeks just <laughs> take advantage of us. You know, there's so much information out there. I know Evan's on the call and, uh, you know, all the, all these fantasy guys now, and there's just so much information out there and stats and, 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 guys that's running these numbers, all these fantasy guys that we have to be a lot more careful with them. So we'll open them well, off the game, game props first Thursday, probably by Friday. We'll, we'll open up the, um, the more of the player props. And we also had that player props software where people can go in there and create their own props with players and whatnot. So we have all sorts of ways for, for, uh, players for our, our customers who like these stats and player props and how many passing yards. There's all sorts of way to bet these games. Fantasy guys taking over the world. Yeah, man, you guys are you guys are uh, all over it, man. You come in there and take advantage of our player props, dude. Take it easy on us. <laughs> uh, Evan, do you have any, or did I ask all the good questions? You did, you did. I, I mean, you know, the the props aren't even posted yet, you know, or else I'd, I'd be peppering them. Uh, you know, I I, I want to look at. Uh, Ted Ginn this week. I think he's going to have a bounce back week. He had some opportunities last week. Breeze just missed them a couple times. 
but hopefully we get a, a good number on 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 Ted Ginn's like uh, receiving yards this week. That that would be something I'd like to look at. Thanks Evan, don't tip. say we're gonna that. Add, we're we're going to add five. Yeah, we're going to add five yards on it just like that. Thanks, bud. You just changed the whole <laughs> – why, why would you tell him that? He is the bad guy. I blew it. I blew it. <laughs> hey, Dave, really appreciate it. Every time you come on, um, obviously, we'll have you on Even Money Podcast this week as well. Uh, you do a terrific job, and it's always fascinating for us to kind of hear the other side. Uh, from someone like you. Thank you so much. An awesome, awesome opportunity for people to go ahead and win a trip to the big game, we're calling it. Promo code big game at betonline.ag. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, fellas. All right, Evan. Well, you mentioned Ted Ginn. Let's dive into the two games. I'm getting very, very sad, by the way, that there's only three more games of football left. I mean, real, real sad. But you mentioned the Saints. They will host the Rams in the NFC Championship game, 3.05 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. And you're right about Ginn. You know, he had some opportunity last week. Yep. And how about the Rams, man? I mean, I just can't believe the way Gurley and C.J. Anderson both ran right down the Cowboys' throat. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Anderson, you know, I, he came out of college and he weighed 224 pounds at the Combine. And, you know, the Broncos, if you remember, like the Broncos kind of went back and forth with him about his weight a lot. You know, like, uh, was it Adam Gase that called him? Yeah, it was. Adam Gase, back in the day, called him out about his weight. Um, then the RB's coach there, I want to say it was Eric Studsville. Studsville, I want to say. Studisville, um, yeah, Studisville, yeah. Studisville, yeah, he called him out about his weight. And it's like the dude has got away well above 240 at this point. I mean, if not, like, I mean, he's like the bus. You know, he's like, he, he's built like Jerome Bettis. And I wonder if this is actually his optimal playing weight, not 220, because he's moving just as well, um, at least north south now, that, than, he, than he did uh, previously. But, yeah, he's been an incredible story. I mean, cut, you know, by multiple teams this year. Um, Are they going to be able to do this at the Saints? Uh, The Saints have been just played lights-out run defense all year over their last five, allowing 2.9 yards per carry to opposing RBs. Are the Rams going to be able to continue with this formula? And I think that the formula – is kind of well obviously they have a great offensive line they have a really really good run blocking offensive line um, and it's great in pass protection too but i think it's kind of born the idea of them being this run dominant team which they've now been for what three games in a row they have a hundred and over 120 rushing attempts to 80 pass attempts over their last three games i mean that is not something that you see you know we in, in this generation of pro football. Um, so are they going to be able to, they have 40 plus rushing attempts in three straight games. Ross, I want to know from you, do you think that they can go to the saints and, and continue to do this? Whew. I, I think they're going to try. And I think that they might be able to, I, I know what the saint and I know what the numbers say, for the Saints' run defense. 
But now you lose Sheldon Rankins, yep. who was having a terrific year. I think that hurts. And then I, I don't I don't look at I mean I think Demario Davis is a really nice player. Uh, Alex Anzalone from my high school, terrific in coverage and as a blitzer. I just think game script has really hurt people when trying to run the ball against the Saints. I would just like to see yeah. what it's like when someone has a lead and sticks with the run. The Eagles didn't really because that wasn't what was working. I think people believe that you can beat Eli Apple and P.J. Williams and the safeties. I think that's why they attacked the Saints that way. I'd be kind of curious to see how they'd be able to do because now they're not only do they lose their best D tackle, but now the rotation's smaller, right? So now it's mm -hmm. Davison, Anyamata, Taylor Stallworth, an undrafted free agent. Those become mm -hmm. your three D tackles. I think it's sure as heck worth a shot. I really do. Yeah, yeah. That this that's my, that might be what the game comes down to, and and it may be. Because I mean Jared Goff, I just I don't I don't think he's played real well for for an extended stretch. I don't think he's looked comfortable since the since the Chiefs game, um, you know, in Week Eleven or whatever it was. And I think that this run super super run heavy philosophy is kind of born out of trying to, you know, trying to trying to maybe compensate for Jared Goff to to some extent, um, you know, and I. I, I, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work if they fall behind. I think we can probably agree on that, you know. Um, then it's gonna come onto Jared Goff's shoulders. But yeah, I mean, if if the game is you know within one score or the Rams have the lead, it will be very interesting to see if they can continue to do this. I mean, they are, are one of the teams, one of the few teams in the NFL that is built with the personnel to be able to do this. And C.J. Anderson's playing at such a high level. I thought Todd Gurley looked great last week. I mean, I think he had, what, um, six runs of 15-plus yards. He had one, um, he had the, the great touchdown run. I mean, it was almost like it was almost like a bigger version of Kamara and Ingram last week, and Gurley would be the, the Kamara in that. And, I mean, he, he looked really explosive. They didn't use him fully, which was frustrating from a DFS standpoint, but you know, ev like even as someone who had Todd Gurley on every lineup, I I'm watching the game. I'm like, I wish that they would pull CJ Anderson out here, but I don't blame them. I would keep going with them. CJ Anderson was ripping chunk runs at will. Um, so I, you know, I, it's hard to like set certain expectations for that, but I, I agree that they, I think that they will continue to try to do that. And look, if they can get, if they can play with a lead or keep the the game close, um, you know, the, their their chances of being able to continue to have that success will rise. Um, in the receiver core, you know, we got Robert Woods in the slot primarily against PJ Williams. He has the best matchup. We have Brandon Cooks, the the revenge game. Although he's already, this is really his third revenge game because he play he's played against them uh, the Saints twice this will be his third time since they traded him uh he had a monster game when these teams met in week nine um and he has really good splits when he plays uh indoors 
when he plays beneath domes. So uh, in terms of touchdowns and yardage per game. So um, I think he's a good play. He almost caught a touchdown last week, but it was uh, it was called back. Uh, tight ends, you know, Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. Gerald Everett's playing time shot down last week. I think that that's probably has a, had a lot to do with the flow of the game, uh, with the, the, you know, the run first script, you know, with, with the run first approach, Tyler Higby's a better blocker than, um, than Gerald Everett. Uh, you know, it's a tough matchup. I mean, tight ends really haven't done anything against the saints all year. Even Zach Ertz was a little bit of a disappointment last week. Um, and he, he really was twice in two meetings, with the Saints, just nobody, no tight ends ever got it done against the Saints this season. Um, Josh Reynolds, he's back to being pretty much a full-time player. You know, they, they they toyed with using two tight end personnel down the stretch, but they're back to being a three-receiver team. He's going to be out there. The matchup is not great. Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple on the outside. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, I thought, had an awesome game last week. But you know, he's going to be on the field in a game that has a 57-point total. Um, on the Saints side, see, I think that the Saints are a, a, a superior team to the Rams in, in most every way. The, the Rams' defense is not nearly as good as the Saints. Um, and, you know, I think that Drew Brees, is, he has not played at his, his peak level lately, but I think that he is better than Jared Goff. You know, I think that the running game's probably about similar offensive lines, both really, really good. Um, so I think that the Rams, the, the Saints have advantages from that standpoint. I think that they're gonna, the Rams are going to have a really <clears throat> hard time dealing with, with Michael Thomas, uh, just as they did in the Week 9 game. He had over 200 receiving yards, you know, um, he had over 170 receiving yards last week. It's just when when these guys, when Breeze and Michael Thomas get rolling, it's and he can move all over the formation. So the the guy that he really tore up in the Week Nine game was Marcus Peters, but you can also move him into the slot. He actually finished ninth among all NFL wide receivers in yardage gained out of the slot. Michael Thomas is six three, you know, two twelve. And Nikel Roby Coleman is 5'7", 180, you know, tops. Uh, I think he's 5'7", 169 was his combine um, weigh-in. So, you know, that that's a great mismatch for Michael Thomas. And I just, it's going to be tough for them to stop him. Ted Ginn, uh, as we mentioned with Dave, a lot of missed opportunities last week, unfortunately. I mean, he had, he finished with three catches for 44 yards. That turns into four catches for 124 yards and a touchdown if they connect on the, the, the bomb on the first play of last week's game, which was underthrown by Drew Brees. Cravon LeBlanc leap, leapt in and intercepted it. Uh, Ted Ginn also had an end zone target uh, that where, where Brees kind of missed them. So, uh, but the, the opportunities have been there. I mean, he's got in his last two full games, week 16 and – uh, week 19, which was uh, the divisional round, he's got eight and seven targets. That's a lot. You know, that, that's that's a lot for Ted Ginn in particular. And um, this this Rams defense is very, has been has not really gotten a whole lot better on the outside, 
even with Akeem Talib back. I mean, Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper both had really productive games last week. Michael Gallup did most of his damage against Marcus Peters. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to try to defend, uh, you know, the Saints. They they really haven't done anything super special to to um, you know to individual guys. And if they play him straight up, I mean, I, I like Gannon and Michael Thomas. The the third guy last week was Keith Kirkwood, uh, undrafted rookie, six three two twenty one, ran four four five coming out of college. Um, he he ran. He actually played more in the game than Ted Ginn did. They just really don't call, like, they don't, like, design plays to get Keith Kirkwood the rock. Um, so he hasn't had more than four targets in any game this year. Uh, he did have two targets last week. He, of course, scored a two-yard touchdown. Um, and I think that's kind of what you're hoping for to happen again against the Rams. But he's he primarily plays in the slot. I mean, he is the Saints' primary slot receiver, and, um, you know, he's another guy who's going to have a major size advantage on, on Nikel Roby Coleman. Um, the number four last week was Traquan Smith, you know, so, you know, do, do with that what you will. He had one target, uh, but he's, it looks like he's clearly number four, uh, in line, Ben Watson and, or Josh Hill was the number one tight end last week in terms of, uh, both snaps and routes run, uh, oh, and targets. And Ben Watson was number two. Garrett Griffin, blocker, was the kind of distant number three, Dan Arnold, uh, DNP. So uh, I think that Drew Brees, you know, if we're we're, we're playing DFS this week, I think that we're looking at, uh, in terms of which quarterbacks have the highest ceilings, Mahomes and Brees. And I think I'm going to go with Brees. Uh, You get a little bit of savings in, in DFS. You don't have to deal with the conditions. You know, you get to play Drew Brees at home against what I think is a very vulnerable Rams defense. Uh, in the running game, you know, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, always a great play. Uh, had a long touchdown called back last week, unfortunately. Did not have a, a monster box score week that doesn't, you know, doesn't change anything. I think he's still in line for you know, right around 20 touches and Mark Ingram right around 12 touches. Uh, that that's the, Those are the expectations we can set. We can move on to the second game. So before we get to the second game, it should be noted that the best place always to get tickets to these games, the Super Bowl, whatever, it's SeatGeek. I told you guys about SeatGeek before. If you listen to the Ross Tucker football podcast, they're the title sponsor, so I mentioned it briefly at the start of every single show. It's awesome. They bring in almost all the other ticket sites to one place so you can know for sure, kind of like if you're searching for flights on Google Flights or Kayak or whatever, that you can know you're getting the best price. Same thing with SeatGeek. Very, very cool. I even just like it because it shows you stuff in your area that you might not even know is there, like concerts or comedians coming in, and you get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase when you enter the promo code FEAST today. Again, promo code FEAST, $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. So my recommendation, download the app and then put the code FEAST in so you make sure you get something if uh, if you end up getting tickets, and then 
just scroll through every once in a while and check out and see what they got. It's awesome. Very awesome. The AFC Championship game weather, Evan, is not very awesome, and your boy is going to be on the sideline freezing my arse off. And this is punishment from the sideline football gods because I had a tremendous year in terms of weather. I really wasn't cold at any game. I didn't really have precipitation, no, like, freezing rain, nothing. But I'll be on the sideline for Westwood 1, and they're going to have an Arctic blast, which does not sound like a blast for me out in the elements for four-plus hours. Yeah, I listened to uh, your whole the, – the whole game on, uh, on, uh, w- with you on the sideline on Sunday night, uh, driving from uh, St. Louis to Chicago. Uh, you did a great job, Ross, man. Great, great job. Um, Thanks. I appreciate that. <clears throat> yeah. I, I really have not put in a lot of time uh, yet to this game. Uh, the first thing that I looked at, though, was um, continue because the, the Patriots were a lopsided home team this year. They went 9-0 and at home. They averaged over 30 points per game at home. We saw what they did to the Chargers at home. Last week, I mean, you can't really play a, a whole lot cleaner game than, than what than what they did, with the exception of, um, you know, the 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 early busted coverage against Keenan Allen um, and some of the stuff that happened in what amounted to garbage time. But they, you know, they were they were very very lopsided at home. On the road, man, they had some real bad losses. They they went three and five on the road. Uh, they lost to the Jaguars, Lions, and Titans by two or more scores. All of those bad losses, really bad losses. The Titans one was like, what is happening to this team? You know, is Tom Brady washed? I mean, it was that kind of that kind of a game. Um, you know, obviously we, we've since seen that he's not, but what is he going to look like against Kansas City? You know, because the the Chiefs their scoring allowance is super lopsided at home. Um, you know, they're, they're allowing 17.4 points per game at home. They are allowing, uh, what, over 30 points per game, uh, 32 point something points per game on the road. So, and the weather, I mean, Ross, what, what do you know about the weather? I've just, like, read that it's going to be bad. Yeah, they're they're predicting an Arctic blast. It's supposed to be the coldest. What is an Arctic I don't even know. blast? I, I I don't know, but it's an Arctic blast, and okay. it is supposed to be over the top of Arrowhead Stadium. Like that's literally where it's supposed to be um, focused. There's snow on Saturday. Sunday is a high of twelve. A high of 12 degrees, and this is a night game. So I can try to look up the hourly if they even have hourly for Sunday yet. But if the high for the whole day is 12 degrees, then I'm totally, totally screwed. Because that means at 5.30 when the game starts, it's going to be brutal. Absolutely brutal. It's supposed to be 4 degrees at night. Um, The real feel is zero bitterly cold and I, I i know people say that you can score points even when it's cold and i think you can 
But this is kind of like a different level. I mean, this is yeah. this is so cold that it goes against common sense to think that that, that that these teams would score a lot of points when it's that cold. Yeah, and you know, the under is already getting hammered. I mean, it opened at 58.5. It's down to 54.5 in, in a bunch of spots. I mean, and, and I'm with you. I mean, look, there, there have been a lot of studies done on on scoring, on what really affects scoring. And the two biggest drivers, it's not, it's not rain. You know, rain can actually help the offense in a lot of, in a lot of instances. It's definitely not snow. You know, snow, again, can, can also help the offense. But what, re- what can really hinder the offense is, number one, wind, and number two, like, Arctic temperatures. And that's what it sounds like it's going to be in Kansas City, and it looks like people are already starting to to really bet on that, um, you know, putting putting their money with their where their mouth is in, in that instance. So, I, that's you know, I think that this the Rams Saints game is going to be the one to really focus on in daily fantasy, and um, I think that this Chiefs Patriots game could kind of underwhelm in terms of scoring. You know, is Patrick Mahomes going to be able to impose his will offensively? against, you know, a really good Patriot secondary in these Arctic temperatures. I don't know. Um, you know, the, the Patriots certainly have uh, history playing um, in cold weather, but probably not a whole lot of uh, experience playing in this cold of weather. I mean, it's been bad in the Midwest. It's been really bad in the Midwest in terms of snow recently, but, but it hasn't been this bad in terms of um, temperatures. So we're going to get a whole new level of winter here in, uh, in the Kansas city area and uh, probably throughout the Midwest, you know, Sony Michelle was the key or one of the keys to last week's game against the chargers. He's got a good matchup on paper. We may see more rushing attempts than usual, you know, so Damian Williams on Kansas city side, Sony Michelle, are we going to see as many of the quick passes? Are we going to see that much passing? I don't know. You know, I just I think that so much of this really is going to come down to weather. And even if it is twelve at you know twelve, which it may it may be lower as you kind of alluded to, um, but even if it is twelve, that's that's real real cold. I mean, that's that you don't want to be in that. So, um, not the easiest game to break down right now. Um, but you know we we can follow the game throughout the week. We're doing this on Tuesday morning. Um, I thought that Sammy Watkins looked good, uh, really good. By the way, he made some mistakes in the game, but I liked the way that he moved around. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill with the deep ball—that's that's going to be a major question mark. Um, you know, it, it would make sense for for this to be another Travis Kelsey game. The Patriots got hurt by tight ends throughout the year and uh, short passing is probably going to be um, in the cards more, more so than, than the deep passing based on the early week weather forecasts. Um, could we see a little bit more Gronk? You know, th- this is, this is one of going to be one of the, the questions that I'm going to try to figure out over the course of the week, because Rob Gronkowski's price in daily fantasy has come down considerably the matchup is good. The Chiefs have not been good in, in tight end defense all year. Eric Berry, you know, just just not healthy. Um, 
and in the middle of the field, like they can definitely be beaten. Uh, so, you know, like, or, or is Gronk just going to be a blocking tight end? Like he pretty much was last week. That's going to be one of the keys, I think, to this slate. In addition to trying to determine what impact this weather, this Arctic blast, uh, I'm going to go Google that, uh, after this. And we're, we're just going to spend the week trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I guess my last question there, Evan, would just be how surprised were you by both those games? Because I, I really was. Like, I, I was surprised by the Chiefs' defense and what they did to the Colts, and I was surprised by how easily the Patriots went like Swiss cheese through the Chargers. I, I really was not expecting either one of those. Yeah, I mean, I liked the Patriots as a side last week, but I certainly didn't foresee you know that level of dominance we, we talked about sony michelle and the patriots defense and that wound up being a really good correlation play sony you needed sony michelle to win any money in daily fantasy last week um but yeah i mean i thought that they might win by like a touchdown you know i guess the, at, at the at the end of the day they only won by what like 13 but i mean anybody who watched the game was you know the the game wasn't the game was like out of control very quickly for uh, on the Chargers side. Um, in the other game, yeah, I mean it's e- it's always easier to look back in hindsight and be like, oh well, you know that makes sense. We we did know that the Chiefs their scoring allowance is you know much much lower when they are at home. We've talked about this for years. I mean, and it's it's a, it's been especially pronounced this year in large part because they have faced a really weak schedule, but they've also played some pretty good offenses down the stretch. We saw them play, you know, the Colts on Saturday, and we saw them play the Chargers uh, late in the year. They did give up 29 to the Chargers, although so much of the that came like within the final five minutes. I think it was like 14 of the points came within the, the final five minutes. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see the – you know, that level of dominance. I thought that the Colts would hang, would be able to hang with Kansas city. They clearly couldn't, you know, I thought that Andrew Luck's arm strength didn't look great playing outdoors. I mean, they played what uh, 12 of their 18 games or 12 or 13 of their 18 games were played indoors this year. Um, So I, I I thought that he was a little bit affected by the weather. You know, they, they they were the game was just a total like just totally flipped the script from what happened in the wild card round for the Colts where they came out grabbed an early lead controlled the game the opposite happened and they were never a- able to really rally back in it and in terms of surprise level yeah I mean I, I would definitely say that that it's surprising but it's also you know as we look forward another reminder that the the Arrowhead advantage is very very real. Well, that was fun and a little different. Great breakdown, Devin, and it was nice as well to be able to talk a little bit about the player props, which was awesome and always a fun little additional tidbit that you can provide a lot of analysis on with your background and how you break down the game. That'll do it, though, for this week's Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast. And even though there's no game next weekend, we will still have a show next week and we will still have some pretty awesome topics to digest 
as well as a guest that you guys are going to love. I think you'll be very excited about next week's guest. Apple Podcast rating always helps. You guys know that. You can ask Evan any question you want ever if you take advantage of any of the sponsors over at RossTucker.com or you rate and review the show. It is that easy. And I think we're done here because I'm stuffed. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.